James, you saw, he died. <laughs> we came, you saw, he died. <laughs> Look, you saw, he died. <laughs> All right, welcome everybody. We are back at the Sports Ball Podcast on Sunday, August 20th, year of our Lord, 2017. It's oh, Ross. <laughs> it, that was my slovenly laugh. Um, it's Ross, and, and who do we have on the other side of the phone? Hey now, this is your co-host, Steve. Now, Steve, as I called you, I heard some some hijinks in the background. What What's going on at the stately Hopkins Manor? I was uh, getting yelled at by one of my Rhode Island Reds who was standing up on my porch and she was looking in my door and she was yelling at me, going, something, something, motherfucker. So when you say Rhode Island Red, you do you mean like uh, a ginger from Rhode Island who probably has herpes? <laughs> oh, I can picture it now. Uh, no, that's... <laughs> Rhode Island Red is a very common type of uh, chicken that people have, especially in New England. Um, I have another breed called, I think we've talked about this before, haven't we, called the Aracana? We have, and we've talked really about that. Cool Easter eggs, they lay blue eggs, which are lighter yellow yolk than the really dark, dark yolk that the Rhode Island Reds, and uh, I have these other ones called Bard Rocks or Plymouth Rocks, and they're yeah. really cool, they're black and white. Are the Plymouth Rocks like an overrated chicken? No, they're they're not at all. They're very hearty, great to eat, uh, great through the winter. You don't have to give them any heat or anything. They just fucking endure. They're awesome. Nice. Now the um, the darker the yolk, the sweeter the juice. Does that apply here? Yeah. Remember, did you ever listen to the Joe Rogan podcast or anybody? That's I do. Really into nutrition and health. I do. I like the the Health Ranger, Mike Adams. <laughs> Yeah, did you hear? Did you hear? There was one recently where they talked about eggs specifically, and it's a superfood. Um, you know, the the protein of the whites really, really rich in protein, and the yolks have a lot of vitamins. Really, really good source of vitamins, and it's you know for the people who look at meat to get a lot of their protein throughout the day. You know, undeniably, whether you're against the humane, you know, killing of them whatever you still have to go through that process there still has to be a raising process uh you know if you want to call it destructive to the earth right the clearing and grazing of cattle etc etc you know how great are chickens right like mine free range uh i give them this great feed you know and they're eating bugs and all this other really hearty stuff and they ate they lay these eggs these superfood that's not you know destructive to the environment like and you're self-sufficient you're self-sufficient, and can the government infringe and tell you where they can and cannot graze? No, no, not on my land. I own my own land. You own your own land. Okay, cool. So yeah, the other part is, uh, which is really cool, um, you know, if I mean, some people choose to, like, we have a vegetable garden and we want to get into making our own soil instead of buying it. So, you know, one of the things you can do is we save our coffee grounds and we save our 
uh, chicken eggs, chicken shells, because they're really high in calcium, which is good for soil when you're mixing and making your own soil. So if you want to save those and, you know, crush them all up and you can mix them in, it's really good. Gotcha. Well, that's good. That's that's good. It's a it's a good teachable moment for those looking to go off grid. Not that you're off the grid, but like, you know, you can, you know, in 2017 become self-sufficient without being a full-fledged farmer. You know what I mean? I do. I'm doing it now. Now, I before there was she was she was bucking up a storm, raising cane. Can you get her on camera on phone to comment, or is she kind of gone back to what it is she's doing? No, she's out. They're actually, you know, it gets to be about eight o'clock and dark. They start heading home back into their coop, um, and getting onto their their perch because that's where they like to sleep. They like to sleep way up high. Gotcha. So it comes a certain time, and they kind of have auto program to start doing that. Awesome. So because she was being pretty, pretty mouthy earlier. She was so, so mouthy. You know, it's kind of funny to watch too because they very much like people. They segregate into their own types, and they have their own, you know, leader within their own smaller groups. Uh, and it's it's interesting to watch. Like I'm watching uh, Rhode Island Red. One of you know must be one of the enforcers. She's like not letting the Bard Rocks, the three Bard Rock girls, in right now. Really, like the younger, more used to it. Like probably the last. To get the good spot on the perch, you know. Yeah. So like, a, like a like an overweight feminist with like unicorn imagery on her face and like little angel wings at an Antifa protest, trying to like prevent people from oh, speaking. Oh, and she gets all bullshit. She starts pecking at the other ones. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Smells ten times worse than the others. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So um, well. Exciting couple of days in the world. Uh, since Friday, there's been some big developments. We obviously had uh, the Boston rally, which I'm glad was a success in that it was peaceful, in quotes. That was fantastic. Peaceful, in quotes. Um, Human beings can do it. We can do it. They can do it. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but, like, we can talk about that. And then also, Bannon, the Bannon leaving on Friday was big news. So... Do we want to talk about what both of those mean for the next couple weeks and months? And it does it mean that this Trump campaign, the Trump admin rather, is pivoting in a new direction? Or is this all a psyop and they've been planning for this from the get-go and there's another plot afoot? I suspect a couple things and I want to know what you think as well. So which one do we want to dive into first? Well, why don't you kick it off and I'll just kind of give the commentary based off you setting the stage. Okay, so let's go back in time to Friday. Uh, it was announced with great glee from the media that's, that Steve Bannon is out. Um, and I think, I, I knew he had a, you know, a certain shelf life with the administration. Um, it's now become clear and it's become actually communicated from Sarah Carter, Sarah Carter at Circa uh, that Bannon told her a while ago that he doesn't expect to last more than eight to ten, ten months. Um, he's not groomed for this business of wearing suits and ties and being a Washington insider. Um, he was the former head of Breitbart. And he told her straight up, I don't expect to last more than eight to ten months. So here we are, uh, seven and a half months in, and he leaves. So we know he's friends with Trump. We know he's friends with uh, some people in the administration. He's enemies with the other half. Um, but I do think 
for anyone in the know, this guy was there to plant a seed, water it, fertilize it, and train others, and try to embrace an anti-imperialist, anti-globalist, anti-interventionist policy within the Trump administration. And I think he felt his departure is because he was getting boxed out. We've talked about McMaster being the one uh, gaining power, even though I've heard some other things saying, well, you know, perhaps perhaps the uh, alternative media is giving him too much credit, but uh, he still calls some shots. Uh, we know that Mattis, I love Mattis personally, but he's more the operations guy. You know, he's the, he's the defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator, depending on how you view the military-industrial complex. Uh, he's more of an operations leader. Pentagon drafts a plan based on the suggestions and, you know, whatever strategy. Uh, and he's the one that has to operationalize it. So, yeah, he's always going to want to do the best thing for the military. But, you know, does he get his marching orders from others? I, I don't know. We're not there. Um, so we know that there, you know, the second Bannon left, we then start hearing about an Afghanistan troop surge. Uh, where they're at least keeping the troops flat or looking to raise. And we have Trump making an announcement Monday night on what's going to happen next. Uh, Operation Protect the Poppy Fields in Afghanistan continues. So so with Bannon out, um, it means, by the way, it means within hours he was back at Breitbart, which to me means the rumors we hear about him uh, quitting and giving his notice on August 7th uh, were absolutely true. Like, he quit then and there. Trump was asked about it during the week, and Trump said, oh, we're going to have to see about it. Whenever Trump says, we're going to have to see about it, uh, there's some truth to the rumor that there's a departure looming. So, you know, Bannon goes back to Breitbart, same day. Uh, people at Breitbart are giddy. People in alternative media are giddy. He can. If you know you're best suited in a certain position, um, you know, it's much like, remember Josh McDaniels when he went to Denver? He wasn't that super of a coach. But when he came back to the Patriots as an offensive coordinator, he was lights out. He's helped them win two Super Bowls. Um, so in the last couple of years, so think of think of Bannon as a Josh McDaniels, standalone working uh, in a gig he's not comfortable with or too much power. He's not going to do as well. Uh, but get put him in the media space, and he's going to kick ass. So what he's now announced he's going to do is go and actually execute war, political media war, on the media, on, yes. on other Republican cucks, uh, on the administration itself, which I like that. I like that he's going to expose Kushner, McMaster, uh, Gary Cohn. Um, all these globalist pig-faced shills. All these shills. And you know what? If you're a, if you're a Democrat... You always go after Bannon. You call everybody a white supremacist because you don't really, you know, think at a higher level. Um, you just call people names, and everyone's a white supremacist, independent of their background. So now think about it. You have uh, Spicer, Priebus, Bannon are all out. You got Flynn out. So really, you're surrounded by Gary Cohn, who's a Goldman Sachs New York liberal Democrat. Uh, Ivanka and Jared Kushner, who are, yes, they're family, but they're also Manhattanite Democrats, liberals. Uh, they're elitist. I think they're kind of elitist. They're not bad elitists so much as they're just, they're in that circle. They were in the socialite sphere. Um, so, and then also you have McMaster, who's a neocon. 
I don't know what Mattis is. He's kind of been right down the middle. Um, I don't know what Tillerson's ultimately going to be, but he hasn't shown any neocon tendencies yet. So put all that together, he's not surrounded by these awful, hateful people that you say he's surrounded by. So on, a, on, on face value, wouldn't they not have a problem anymore? You would think. So, like, in light of all that, where do we think, you know, where do we think it's going to go with on the Bannon front? I mean, I, I'm already thinking you're going to see Breitbart go after things that they haven't been able to go after. They've been kind of tanking since Breitbart left. I mean, since Bannon left and since Milo left um, and some other big writer with the last name of Hughes left. So, you know, now they're looking to get their groove back. And I think they're going to do it with Bannon because he pulls no punches. And if he exposes traitors in the administration, I mean political, I don't mean literal, but political, uh, people who aren't in on, in on the agenda, and he exposes more of the media, and he exposes more about the, heart, uh, the, the GOP establishment types, and then goes after the Democrats tenfold, I think it's going to be a very effective move. So, enough of me talking. What's your thought? I... I think that, you're right, I think that Bannon and a lot of those guys, like Scaramucci, you know, it's all a play, right? This was their role, you know, kind of what we were talking about when Scaramucci was fired. He came in to do a very specific thing. Yep. And he did it. And, and that's part of the operation. So I think that, you know, as you said, Bannon was in here to do some very specific things. This was never really, you know, his position or where he was best suited. And now that we've seen just how bad mainstream media's gotten, I mean, I don't know if you saw this week, and I shared an article where it's like CNN is full-blown 1984 and trying to sell it, you know? And so yeah. I think it's it's great that he's going to go back and be on the side of, you know, just hopefully just common sense and stuff that we talk about. Right, right. And I think he's going to, again, he's going to be a better advocate um, for, because he, he, of all of the people on his team, people say, and I was explaining this to... Um, Actually, my, my wife and children today, it's getting to the point where you let them use up all their energy. And maybe this ties into what we're about to talk about next, is the post-Boston strategy and where I think it's going and where I think you think it's going. Um, let them brand you any way they want to. It's never going to be good enough. Um, so just let it all play out. And I think it's part of a bigger strategy emerging uh, that I think is going to pay off for the Republicans in 2018. So talk more about that. Okay, so I guess we'll close the door on Bannon. I know I'm talking a lot, so jump in if I'm taking up your time. No, I just your, this is your show. My friend Hillgrove is going to jump in and give commentary. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so as everyone knows, the Boston rally went pretty well yesterday. There was no uh, no deaths, which is great. Uh, no car driving through a crowd, which is great. Amazing what happens, Steve, when cops aren't asked nudge, nudge, wink, wink, to stand down by their governor and mayor. Um, Is that official? It's under FBI DOJ investigation right now. Wow. Uh, um, that's, you're going to see that emerge that Terry McAuliffe and the governor, uh, the governor Terry McAuliffe of Virginia and the, the, the Charlottesville mayor, um, basically, you know, you never, here, here's the thing, whenever these type of events happen, I know that Terry McAuliffe and the mayor don't want people to die. They, they hate the fact that violence exists at these things. But remember the, Ma, the Rahm Emanuel words, never let a crisis go to waste. So if you know something bad's going to happen, 
or you stand down, stand back, and allow something to happen, you have plausible deniability. You just kind of let, you let the jar of spiders out, and you say, oops, and then they're going to do what they're going to do. They might bite someone, they might all just get eaten by frogs, you don't know what those spiders are going to do. But if you release them on the grass, you can just say, oopsie daisy, I, you know what, they, they slipped, I don't know, I, I wanted to not drop that jar of spiders. Oopsie doopsies. So that, so that I think is going to emerge based on a couple reports from the police department and actual, it's very, it's a big deal. Pretty, pretty big deal. You have a couple police officers speaking out saying, wait a minute, we weren't under equipped. We were told to show up, uh, in less than the numbers that we thought were appropriate. And we were flat out told to just back off. And as we talked about last week, they funneled everybody into an area where you were bound to get into fistfights. Um, and the fact that a car got through, like you saw how Boston Common was yesterday. They did yeah. a fantastic job. Whether what's Whatever side you're on, it doesn't matter. Marty Walsh, to his credit, Governor Baker, to his credit, they did a great job because, and maybe it was just the terrain of Boston Common, where there's no cars going through there anyway. So you're, you're fundamentally safe from a car event. They were searching everybody. They had 500 cops. They had, they had the steel fencing around. They were searching everybody. So, okay, say what you will about police state, whatever. But the way they did it, if they applied that applicably in Charlottesville and any other future rally, the next one's in Phoenix, that could get ugly on Tuesday when Trump pardons Arpaio. Hint, hint. Is uh, he going to? He's going to, and that's gonna that's gonna create furor as well. Um, I hope he does. He's going to, he's going to, and that's gonna trigger McCain. It's gonna trigger Jeff Flake, the two loser senators in, in Arizona. Uh, Flake scan is gonna go nuts. Uh, he's already turning on them in his Twitter, which is fantastic. These two useless pieces of shit. Um, the that two but did you say a bunch of Utes? They are they are useless sacks of monkey shit. And you know they're based. Are they, just, are they just globalist pig face scum? They are. They are. And the, and and the left is embracing them. They're like, well, they'll they'll virtue signal and say, well, McCain was a proud warrior. He he was a prisoner of a war. Therefore, anything he says, we must give him a pass. And oh, Jeff. God. And then Jeff Flake. Jeff Flake, who is a moderate. He's trying to be the adult in the room Republican because that worked out well for John Kasich. Um, He's the guy that's like, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm never Trump, and I always will be never Trump. And okay, fine, go for it. Uh, your ratings are in the tank. Uh, people aren't going to reelect you, and you're going down. So uh, that's where that's what's happening Tuesday, I believe, in Arizona. Going back to Boston, though, the template that they used to fortify and protect Boston Common yesterday was great. The actual content of what was discussed, uh, you had in that gazebo thing, less than 100 people. And I didn't do a tally of who, 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 what, where, but I do know that a couple of the guests there, one of them was the Indian gentleman running against Liz Warren for Senate, so hardly a white supremacist or white nationalist, um, his crew. Uh, you also saw a couple Monsanto people, anti-Monsanto people, anti-GMO people. There's pictures from inside the actual gazebo thing or as some of us call it, a monument. Um, and thirdly, there was Joe Biggs from the InfoWars show. He's the dude I met, the bearded dude. Uh, 
former soldier. His wife is Mexican. Like, <laughs> the guy is libertarian. He's very, you know, socially progressive. You know, he just... So the, the whole idea that everyone inside of this monument, um, portico, whatever the hell it's called, are white supremacists. Did he speak in Boston? Like how many speakers did they end up having? I think they ended up having like three or four. I mean, what ends up being these things, it's usually either a candidate or like social media reporter types. Um, and what the left does is they just, so much like we said last time, Hillary launches the phrase alt-right or gets a hold of the phrase, characterizes it, Alinsky tactic, you get to define what your opponent is, and alt-right becomes part of the lexicon, the vernacular. Fast forward to a time where the alt-right does something bad, and you can unite everyone under that banner. So as we saw this past week, everyone that supports Trump is now a white nationalist, white supremacist, slash Nazi. I guarantee you, inside that portico yesterday, there was no actual neo-Nazis there. I could be proven wrong, and I'll eat my words, I'll eat crow, whatever. But of the people I saw through pictures... Eat crow, that, boy. <laughs> Joe Biggs was actually periscoping live from inside of that little gazebo thing. So I was watching and looking at every person that was in there. It wasn't a lot of people. So what gets to my next point, um, what happens next? Well, those people who weren't white supremacists... Uh, again, people can prove us wrong, text me, whatever. If you find that I'm not telling the truth, I'll, I'll again, I'll, I'll eat crow. But what happened What happened on the other side? Well, you had 20,000 people showed up, at least. Um, and within that crowd, you had a mixture of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, uh, and then just people coming out to, you know, counter-protest or keep the peace, whatever. But it was a free speech rally. And the amount of dickhead, douchebag, tiki torch types that we saw at Charlottesville weren't in attendance in Boston yesterday. Uh, so, why, to me, from the sidelines, I'm saying, okay, I know that the people inside there are mostly okay. They don't, you know, they check out in my book as not being offensive because I know them, I've, I've read up on them. Um, and 20,000 people are going out to counter-protest what? Free speech? That looks really good for bulletin board material uh, because when you see the content of the people speaking, none of them are white nationalists. Uh, it looks like you're just, you're just uh, against free speech. So we'll see how this plays out. But what I, I think this is part of a broader message that Trump is... I think is, the left thinks that they scored a moral, a quote-unquote, moral victory. That's exactly it. So You know what I mean? I think they really do because they... You know, came out and they had forty thousand people or something. You know, versus the, uh, you know what, hundred, the, the hundred alt right, uh, you know, neo Nazis that they chased out of Austin. Right, right. So, you know, it's just racist Boston. Remember, racist Boston. They're looking to change Yaki Ray, Yaki Way's name. Um, racist Boston. I saw that. Yeah. That Ross. It's it's you know I don't. Whether they do it or not, I don't know. Um, but here we are. It's 2017, and everything's now in in full view and and fully capable of being reversed. They could rename it something else. Um, you might see a movement to call it Big Poppy Way or Pedro Way or whatever. Um, watch watch that space because now everything is it's in vogue to do that. So racist Boston, and you get less people than Charlottesville. And 
none from what I can see were even part of that Tiki Torch rally. Everyone's been doxxed at this point from that rally, except for one guy holding a flag. So all those people are, are being named and shamed. None of them were in Racist Boston, and Racist Boston gave, the worst Racist Boston gave was less than 60 people, and most of them were anti-Monsanto. There was actually a signs in there that said, uh, Black Lives Do Matter. Um, so everything that you're hearing on the news about white nationalism, whatever, they sure as hell weren't there in that little gazebo thing yesterday. Uh, so it's an interesting what happens when you actually peel back the onion. So in light of that, did you see Steve on Twitter yesterday? There's a lot of pictures coming in live of Antifa people acting up. So the Boston Police Department actually said on their Twitter account, uh, we asked that protest counter protesters stop throwing bottles of piss. Um, I forget what the wow. rest of what, I mean, and that's like a, that's a staple. That's a standard. They've done that. They've done piss balloons at other events. They threw piss yesterday. They've thrown acid at people before. Actually, no, I'm sorry. An acid attack was thwarted in January. Um, a woman... Was no, really, based on what you're saying, there was really no need for that yesterday. There was no need for any of that yesterday. And when, you know, the left will pat themselves on the back. And again, this is everybody's victory that it was broadly peaceful, except for the less than 1% that acted up. I mean, I'm, I'm glad Boston didn't burn down. I have pride in our home city. But... Um, Antifa, Antifa's the one that does throw piss bags at people. They're the ones, there's pictures coming out of people that had, they had on their flags, their flag was a wooden stick with like a flag on it, but underneath that there was a nail uh, poking out at the end. So what they would do, and they've actually been reports of this, they would stab horses to get them all jazzed up. There was a lady uh, from, that's, that's, nice. that's real classy. There's an, there an Antifa lady that actually punched a horse in the face uh, during the inauguration stuff. Um, and, you know, all sorts of stuff. There was a woman that was dragged by her American flag. Uh, a grandmother was dragged. Uh, and she tr predictably tripped like a girl in a horror movie um, and was surrounded. Uh, there's other pictures. And I'm going to keep going because this is all the stuff I saw. This is all not made up. Uh, there was a person wearing a Jewish... And he, I'm sorry, an Israel flag around is, is on his back and was told to get the fuck out of Boston. Um, there were Black Lives Matter protesters calling police officers bitches. You were supposed to be on our side. Get the fuck away from me. When do you learn how to talk like that to a police officer? I don't even, I don't even, I don't even talk to like my enemies like that. I, I, it's, it's weird. Um, but the, the lack of respect, there's video clips. If you are curious, just go freaking look it up. Um, all this stuff, and this is all anecdotal, but the anecdotal start to build, right? We, we knew that last year in 2015 and 2016, Black Lives Matter activists killed at least 10 cops. We know that for a fact. Um, and the left was very quick to be like, well, no, that's not, that's not who we are. That's not all of us, blah, blah, blah. The same thing that, you know, alt-light and conservatives and pro-Trump and everyone's saying, well, that's not us either, those douchebag Tiki Torch people. That's not the Trump movement. And as I said last week, if all of those boys and men were aborted, Trump still wins. You know, if the alt-right that you're claiming is white nationalism doesn't exist, Trump still wins. So I, I can't believe that, you know, they always get tap dancey whenever you call them out on this. 
the extremes of both parties are bad and and let let liberals go crazy with that statement but you know when we see uh piss balloons we see you know horse stabbings horse punchings cops being shot to death um there's other signs coming out that's saying you know this is we are we are peace through violence and this goes back to my broader point what i think is happening is trump is playing this all very nicely what i think is ultimately going to happen we know the day is coming where there i mean we saw six officers shot friday uh the day is coming where antifa goes too far even for them and kills someone whether it's a car attack whether it's a bomb going off uh or someone accidentally getting killed because they're too aggressive on something um or an acid attack that hurts a child or something like that. That day is coming. We knew it was going to come, just like we knew an alt-right event was going to come. The question then becomes, can Trump throw enough of these people into a corner, into making the left defend Antifa and the Black Lives Matter crowd as their party platform? And I think it, the strategy is to get everybody on the left to support Antifa 100%, support Black Lives Matter 100%, make them all be like wedge issue identity politics, and then people go to the polls in 2018, and they see the trail of chaos from Antifa, because I bet, I'll bet, the national, the white nationalist types, the neo-Nazis that they claim, and I, I believe they exist, that group is now in decline ever since Charlottesville. So you're not going to see it spike. They're ashamed of themselves, they've all been doxxed, the two leaders of the Charlottesville event are now turning on each other. Um, uh, Jason Kessler, uh, a former Obama supporter and a former Occupy Wall Street dude, um, called the victim a, a fat, childish hag who deserved it or had it coming. Horrible, horrible shit. And even Richard Spencer, the neo-Nazi white supremacist dude who helped organize this. I don't know if he was actually there last week. Uh, even he turned on this Kessler dude. So now they're turning on each other, and you'll you'll just see you'll see that that phase of the alt right that 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 piece of the puzzle just go. It's going to go away into nothingness. However, on the flip side, Antifa's numbers are going to grow, and they'll be the only game in town that the focus will be on. So now you're going to have viral videos of Antifa acting up because you sure as hell ain't going to see another car attack from the alt right. You might see some, you know, point counterpoint, you know losers punching each other back and forth but i think the worst is over hopefully uh from the alt-right side and unfortunately the worst is yet to come from antifa because they're going to keep going to these rallies and getting in the way of free speech rallies and calling everyone a white supremacist so it's going to make conservatives go undercover it's going to make them less likely to throw a rally and if they do throw a rally like a march on google it's going to be branded a white nationalist party it's going to be a, a white nationalist racist rally. And anyone with a brain's like, no, I, I look at the speakers. They're pretty clean. They're just conservative MAGA types. It's already, yeah, it's already been labeled that. It's too late. It's too late. And didn't we call this from day one? We did. From the second Hillary said this uh, last year, last October, we knew this was going to happen. Um, so the goal that the left is not seeing, and again, whether you like it or not, I'm just telling you how, how it's going to go down without any condescension or or arrogance it's like this is what's going to happen like trump is telegraphing exactly what he's going to do he loves getting people in a tizzy bannon said keep keep knocking these fucking statues down keep doing it keep doing exactly what you're doing guys
keep knocking down uh, statues. Keep. We had the Frank Rizzo statue in Philadelphia uh, put black power. It's on tape, a guy putting black power on it, uh, spray painting it. Um, Yawkey Way may get renamed. Robert E. Lee stuff coming down. Keep it up. Just keep doing what you're doing. And eventually Antifa's going to overplay their hand like everyone on the left does. And something bad's going to happen. And then Trump's going to say, hey, wait a minute. You guys said you were anti-fascism, which is great. But why are you so violent when you say you're not violent? I have a treasure trove of DOJ investigations going on. You've already been labeled a terrorist group in New Jersey, a Democrat liberal state. What what gives Antifa? And when the, on the day that Antifa kills somebody, which I think will be in the next month or two, um, the left will suddenly, their butt cheeks will clench up a little tighter, and they're going to pretend this both sides stuff, um, n this hysteria never happened, because now they're stuck with violent Antifa, uh, peace through violence, um, and it's all going to go downhill just in time for the 2018 midterms when middle Americans in swing states or embattled Democrats are going to be voted out because the left doesn't have a platform. Their platform is identity politics. Right. Just like you and I would try to warn our friends, like, dude, you guys don't have a platform. You don't have a tax policy. You don't have a border policy. You don't have a foreign policy. You don't have an economic policy. Uh, you don't have anything other than you hate Trump, which I get. I, it's fine. I hated Obama, but I, I learned after a while that it's probably better just call him out on policy instead of wordsmithing every single speech and getting hi and hyperventilating. So all this together, it's not going to look good for the Democrats. And people can laugh and say Ob uh, Trump's numbers are horrible. They're not super good numbers. Um, but in the end, you're not making a dent into any of the 2018 uh, midterms. It's going to go really bad for the Democrats because they don't have a message. So that's that's my piece. I, I've spoken my piece. Any any thoughts on your end? Um, Am I off base on anything? No, no, I don't think you are. I I think that it's, it's going to be what's going to what's going to be interesting. What comes down the pike next? Like what is this all unfolding into, Ross? Yep. And you're you know what you're poised. You're better poised than me. You were like you were a Bernie supporter. Who you guys are the woke side of the left, and you guys, you know, other than him cucking out, you at least are woke. You know what's going on. You know there's a, a an imbalance here with the establishment. You could give a good inside take from the Democrat side of the fence. So if we were if we were off base from the right and the left, uh, it would become evident. But it's weird. Steve and I are on the same page with this. It is interesting. So. so well, let me let me ask you, since you're putting this together, what is what's the big play coming up? Uh, the the big play right now is that Trump will re-trigger the left. Uh, I think this Tuesday. A um, couple other things in motion. Uh, we talked about this last week. Julian Assange is now talking with Rohrbacher in California. He wants to personally deliver information on the quote unquote hack, uh, the local leak, rather. Uh, uh, for the DNC and for the Podesta uh, emails. So that's going to start to take shape 
Things are moving really fast. I, I'm following a lot of the investigators for the Seth Rich stuff. People can laugh about all they want. I don't give a shit. Uh, they're going to crack this case open, as well as the Awan brothers, as well as Loretta Lynch Tarmac, as well as Susan Rice unmasking, as well as... That's all coming. It's all coming. Jeff Sessions, we told you this was going to be a, a fake public spat. Uh, Jeff Sessions is starting to... <laughs> he Dude's doing the Lord's work now. Uh, what what people aren't thinking about, there's now pictures coming out of undercover feds at Boston pointing at piss bottles. Guess what is contained in people's urine? What? DNA. So we now, I mean, I don't know how that process works, but they've already targeted anything that's being left as evidence. DOJ has opened an investigation on Charlottesville. Uh, but also, you're going to see the feds are going to be at every single rally from now on. So, <clears throat> excuse me, if anyone's throwing bottles of urine and balloon balloons full of urine and fecal matter, it's nasty to think about, but there's DNA in there. You're leaving your your calling card, your, your fingerprint. Um, so you're going to start to see people get arrested. You see Antifa people getting arrested every week. All you have to do is look for it. Um, all these different sites are popping up now on Twitter, uh, Twitter accounts rather, Boston Antifa, Beverly Hills Antifa, uh, Los Angeles Antifa. I don't know if they're fake accounts yet, but they show pretty damning videos of Antifa people. Like I'm looking at Boston Antifa right now. Uh, it says, fuck your free speech. It shows an Antifa dude burning a free speech sign. And then next to it, uh, let's get one, one thing clear. Antifa is an anarcho-communist cause. Those on the left who call us patriots, step the fuck away or join us in our solidarity. And it shows a picture of a U.S. flag being burned. Uh, and then the next one down, you see a you see an elderly man being pushed out of a wheelchair uh, or and being shoved down onto the ground. Uh, the one after that, you just show people being taunted and yelled at um, because they have MAGA hats on. So keep doing it left because what's going to happen is by 2018 the general public will will have gotten really annoyed by this and I agree. and I and agree. and like Demo like hardcore democrats that uh you know were wishy-washy there's probably a lot of bernie people that still held their nose and voted for Hillary clinton which i respect um they're going to be like, you know what, I don't even have to vote for the Democrat anymore. I might just stay home. I'm not expecting people to cross over and vote for a Republican undeserving of it because Republicans are just as big as uh, pansies and pussies as the left. Um, they're lower energy, though. I don't expect people to cross over. However, the stay home factor, you thought that was bad in 2016. Uh, what I think happens in 2018 is going to be even more noticeable where they don't have a party. They don't have a platform. Nancy Pelosi is at the head. Uh, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is just twisting in the wind. Hillary Clinton doesn't know if she wants to retire yet. She's lingering like a stale fart. Um, Maxine Waters is like the leader of the resistance. Um, Al Franken Putz is always on the loose, being a being a dope. Um, you know, these are your people. Keith Olbermann is going to have a heart attack on air. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing. If your only solstice, uh, solace rather, and and, and uh, consolation is is Tina Fey talking about sheet cake. Seriously, it's like you can rely on SNL and Comedy Central to give you your jollies, 
but politically, there's nothing. The bank accounts of the left are are, are they're, they're empty. So they're not only empty; they're in debt. They're in debt, and I haven't gotten the new numbers yet. But I did read an article that Republicans are still raising. They don't again. Republicans don't even deserve it. But the people are so pissed off that the left is. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is the Russia collapse. I mean that that's done. It's done. The the Russia collusion thing. Uh, Trump's lawyer came out and said, "I think by Thanksgiving this will be all wrapped up. It'll be one big waste of time." He's talking to Mueller people. He's talking to Trump every day. Ty Cobb, his name is, um, and he's got that wispy mustache. Um, and he said, I'll be embarrassed if this goes past Thanksgiving. So he's not allowed to talk about it, but that's his way of saying, yeah, if they had something, you'd hear about it by now. Everything leaks. I mean, you'd hear about it by now. So they have nothing. They have nothing. And I think, and I think you watch, I would say by end of the year, the Seth Rich thing breaks open. I think Julian Assange is going to get to the point where he wants to get out of the embassy. He's been there for seven years. He's going to want to play nice with Trump. Trump will do what he can. I don't know how the laws work where you're charged of a crime abroad, what Trump can do. But I think Trump he gets it. he give you asylum here in the U.S. Give him asylum here where he'd be more appreciated and respected than Europe. Um, and I would think Trump wins over the civil libertarians by working to A, give asylum to Julian Assange here in the United States, and B helping to get Snowden back over here. And then yeah. and then C, just throwing some crumbs, give Bradley, uh, uh, Chelsea Manning some, you know, positive press or something. Whatever. I don't, those are the three people that put their lives on the line. Um, you know, show that whistleblowers are okay. Show the American public that these three people, whether you like them or not, they've pissed off both sides. Julian Assange hates Trump. Julian Assange hates Hillary. But he's been the most down the middle journalist. He's probably got some dirt too, don't you think? He's got he's no doubt got dirt, but he's also said very clearly, I asked for dirt on Trump and we never got anything. So in other words, I'm sure there's a lot of leakers or hackers or what have you that have a vested interest in destroying everyone in, in Washington. Especially Trump, because he's such a hated man. But but They've had the chance to do that, and they haven't done it. So not that they're not trying, but like, if, if it was going to come out, it's going to come out by now. And the taxes, yeah, I want him to file his t uh, show his taxes, but you know what? It's, if a hacker could get that, they, they would have gotten it by now. Um, so I just don't know what happens next, but God, if Trump wants to get a pivot to the libertarians, civil libertarians at least, you get Assange, Manning, Snowden, to feel comfortable again going out in public. That would be big, big points for him on that side. Big point, and then you have sessions get away from the reefer madness stuff. Just, just say, look, dude, you focus on all the shit the DNC did wrong. You focus on this Antifa stuff. You, you don't touch drugs. Don't touch um, uh, cert, uh, cert, uh, illegal, you know, civil asset for forfeiture. Don't touch those issues. You're going to piss off part of the base and if he does that i mean you're gonna i know and trump's trump's a straight edge dude he doesn't smoke he doesn't drink doesn't smoke uh doesn't do drugs so um he doesn't play them games he don't play them games and he said that the rule of his house was no one who lives in my house does any of those three um so his children are all straight edge as well so that's i think that's that's neat it's neat that people can do that um but trump 
has an aversion to drugs. So anyone from the moral conservative right, like a Jeff Sessions, good old boy, is going to say drugs are bad, okay? He's not going to have the objective analysis that says this has failed for the last 30 years. We're going back to Afghanistan to protect the poppy fields. Yet you want to build a wall where all the opioids come through. The, 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 the two strategies don't jive. So we'll see where it goes. But Trump kind of has some good options here. And if he makes nice with Assange, I think Assange, at this point, if a source is dead, um, I don't think it's bad practice to just say, okay, given the size and severity of what's going on, I fully admit Seth Rich was indeed the leaker. I will prove it. Blah, blah, blah. Do what you will with this information. Um, because he's dead at this point. So nothing's going to happen. Um, although I did hear a theory that his brother, uh, Aaron Rich, was a co-leaker. Which is why Aaron has been looking to get super secure into, uh, you know, cell phone stuff from Israel. He's reached out publicly on Facebook for it. Um, and there's other indications that he received payment from WikiLeaks residuals for the service he or Seth did in providing them with the leaked information. So now there's a money trail. And I think Julian just has to come clean in some fashion and say, look, I already told Hannity that there's nothing to do with Russia. But I... Now we need a little bit more. I mean, you can tell the public's getting more greedy and needy about what they get. That's right. What they get. Um, so if he comes clean and says, you know what, it was Seth Rich. I thought I was giving you cues in that interview with that reporter. I guess it wasn't clear enough. And it wasn't clear enough when Sean Hannity met with me for a three-hour episode. And I told him abundantly clear, it's not Russia. It's, a, it's an internal actor within... Uh, the United States, or whether he said those words or not, he did say it was not Russia. It was not a foreign actor. So when someone says it's not a foreign actor, the thing you're going to think about is, okay, well, it must be a domestic actor. And you have Craig Murray, the former uh, UK ambassador, at least a diplomat, saying, I've met with the leaker. Uh, he's definitely in the US. Um, it wouldn't give any more information. So anyone with a brain knows where this is all headed. Uh, the question is, will it get out? So I guess on that note, busy week coming up. Uh, I'm not going to waste time and talk about a fucking eclipse that's happened lots of times since the Earth was formed. It's coming tomorrow. It's coming tomorrow, and you know the the occultic types, the religious types. I've read books on it too, and they've they've been letdowns every time. So just because there's an eclipse does not mean Jesus is coming back. I say this as a Christian. Um, the eclipse is going to come and go. That does not mean we're going to be at World War Three. There are, is it true that is it is it really true that you can you can look at the eclipse without eye protection and you can go blind? Yeah, that's true. What? That's true. So I'm not even going to test oh, the water. Science behind that. Give me the math and science behind. I'm that. a dope with science. I don't have the science. I'm going to have to read up on it. But by the time people hear this broadcast, the eclipse will have already happened. So they'll be blind, and they, they won't even know how to tune into our our podcast. Well, what do you mean? They'll be able to listen to it, you boneheads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they won't, need to, they won't be able to type in. Never mind. Never mind. So uh, we're at the 50-minute mark. This went really well. I'm sorry I talked a lot, but... Bro, 
us, this is what we knew was going to happen because you had the story, the the data, and you just put it together, and it was just my job to add some counterpunch. So, uh, and I think we've we've done that pretty well tonight. So, um, other than that, do you want to call it a show, and we'll we'll link up again probably maybe Tuesday or Thursday. Yes. It's going to be a wild. It's going to be a wild week this week. I think Trump's going to trigger some people Tuesday. You know, say this is the one eclipse that the Earth starts to shift, and weird things happen with North Korea. Um, we'll want to get on and do a, a show about it. We'll break news faster than anyone can see it on TV. So yeah, if something happens, we'll pop on and we'll do something yeah. earlier. Let's for do sure. that. Let's do that. But let's plan on either Tuesday or Thursday. Okay. All right. I'm going to sign off for now. i got to get some other shit done, but uh, we will talk again. Okay, well done, sir. Likewise. See ya. Bye-bye.